Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. And beside me is Stephen Miller via the internet. Known for Twin Peaks blog. How are you, Stephen? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing yeah. really well. I, I, I think we've had you on once before. I don't remember if it was a community rewatch or we did some kind of... Yeah. Or maybe it was for the, the festival, the Festival of Disruption. Yeah, it was Festival of Disruption back in Brooklyn in 2018. Wow. 2018. And that's when we first met you, like in person. Yeah. In person, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Because yeah, this internet thing's cool. You know, you get a chance to like <laughs> talk, you know, via the internet and then you get to see people in person. I, yeah. I love that. And I remember talking to you when we, when we saw you in person. It's like, oh, we got to have you on the show because I want to talk about your blog. And back then you were going to all these locations. And I thought, boy, like yeah. all these places that you're finding. And I think there, there are places that you found that I don't think, I don't know if any was ever found or knew about. Like mm -hmm. even the, the bank one or there's a few of them that was like, oh, wow. <laughs> How did you find that? I, you know, it's funny. I, I mean, I'm sure uh, listeners out there probably w will uh, remember in Twin Peaks dot uh, com, which was a fan site I remember visiting in oh, the yeah. late 2000s. And it was Charles and uh, and Brad and, and uh, Dukes and, and Travis Blue. They had also contributed to some of it. But Charles was really the, the guy who did all this stuff. And man, I remember like looking at it and like, boy, he's finding these spots. And how cool <laughs> is this? You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and when I remember going to California, I had used to go out there on, on business trips and I'd take a few extra days and then I would go and use the uh, in Twin Peaks site and go visit these spots like in Franklin Canyon Park, where a lot of the a lot of the series, there was a lot of scenes shot in, in Franklin Canyon, even in season three, there was there were scenes. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like it was just it was neat to have that reference. And, and he, Charles maintained the blog for years. And then one day uh just gone, yeah. disappeared, you know, and, and I don't know what his motivations are, but I, I can't thank him enough, you know. And so when I was looking at the blog going, well, how, how do I continue that work? Mm. You know, um, like like the Bookhouse Boys, you know, that these are folks that have started this. And then how do we carry that on, you know, uh, after yeah. after they're gone? So uh, it's been fun. And now it's now it's a quest. Now it's turned into, <laughs> boy, I want to visit every single spot there is. Wow. <laughs> that is pretty is awesome. Crazy. That is awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. And you're still doing it then? Are you still trying to look for new places? Is that something? That I'm, I'm actually, uh, in about two weeks from when we're recording this, I'm headed back to Seattle for the third time in six months. Uh, I'm my, my wife, Katie, is um, very patient and supportive, and which is a good thing. Yeah. And she knows that this has been a passion of mine. And so I'm headed back there, um, which will be a little different. I, you know, I first went to the Seattle area in 1996 for the Twin Peaks Fan Fest. Wow. Um, and this was a different time. I mean, you know, there was the Internet. Um, I had internet access in my college dorm room mm -hmm. in spring of 95. And yeah. then sometime in, I want to say it was maybe April of 96, I started my first Twin Peaks website, which again was, was nothing because there was no publishing tools. There was yeah. none of this stuff that, it's you know, that cold, exists man. today. And, um, 
it was the Great Northern Hotel. And I remember having, you know, putting that out there, but there was a time when you could do a search and there was only 200 pages. Like yeah, there's nothing, yeah. you know, <laughs> and you get now, you know, 2 million pages and such. But, you know, I met people via email and that kind of thing. And then it was neat to go to the Fan Fest because that was the first time I'd ever visited the the locations uh, in, in, in Washington State. So I hadn't been back since 96 and i returned in september of uh, 2019 uh, for my birthday my oh. birthday week and there's nothing greater than having a, a cup of coffee and a slice of cherry pie on your birthday at uh, tweed's cafe which is obviously the set for the double r diner oh, that's um, awesome and it was, it was wild to go back it was like it was surreal because here i'd seen these spots for 23 years you know only on the screen yeah and then to walk in them, um, it felt like I would, had already been there, though I had not physically stepped in those spots um, for years. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place to yes, go to. Yes, we were there in 2017, and yeah. it really is special to actually feel like you're in that world. Yeah, you really it, it's, do. It's strange. I, you know, it's... it's um, I don't know what it is about the locations. You know, I, I think, and, and maybe it's a, I love the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? Mm-hmm. Where Roy Neary, you know, uh, is drawn to Devil's Tower. You know, he's making this out of mashed potatoes and he's drawn <laughs> to these places and such. And in some ways, I guess I feel like that with uh, with these locations. There's just some, some magic. There's something, I don't know, um, a, about it. Uh, it becomes almost a character in itself the place, the the setting, the mood uh, that really, I think, contributes to the, the show and the film. Definitely. I'm going to go off topic just briefly. Uh, the announcement of this year's Twin Peaks Fest being in Graceland, did that baffle you at all? Like, it kind of baffled us a little bit, being in Graceland? No, I, yeah, well, first of all, I love Elvis. I love 70s Elvis. <laughs> that is my, he's the greatest, like, you know, uh, that's the way it is. It's a DVD concert film. It's a great concert film. Yeah. Um, and he's just, like, walking around, handing out scarves and kissing ladies. And it's just, I don't know, he's 70s Elvis, you know. Yeah. And uh, here's, here's the way I look at it. Um, Twin Peaks is the king of all TV shows. And what better place to celebrate a 30th anniversary than in the king's house, I go. love it. That's cool. You said, and and Lynch has been, you know, he's he he likes Elvis. So we, yeah. Been, yeah, so Brian, I haven't even talked to you about this, but like, so I, I don't know how I came across this on Twitter, but like General Hospital, the soap opera, uh-huh. is having their convention this year mm-hmm. at Graceland. Graceland. As well? As well. So then it made me think, and they, they actually have video, which I think, you know, the people that are working on Twin Peaks should do video because that always, I think. It excites it a little bit more. Huh. But they have they they show like an an open like ballroom and and a lot of fans and they're all crowded wow. around each other. And, but it looks to me it almost feels like a convention hall, like a convention location. So then I made me think it was like maybe this is a very common thing that many like like fans do have their events at this place to have General Hospital there. Maybe that's not wow. uncommon. So maybe it's not about. Elvis, as much as this is just a, a location that people use for events. That's cool. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I saw it. I, I think um, that it seems like it's a convention facility. And so, and you just have the side benefit of it being a Graceland. And yeah. so you can experience all the other side of yeah. Elvis's history and life and that sort of thing. Stephen and I, you know, we got to go to the Ohio Columbus, Ohio uh, Fire Walk With Me event. Yes. We saw Ray Wise. We saw uh, Cheryl Lee. Is that a movie theater? But also the movie theater had a bar there, too. So you could oh, drink cool. and you could have food and, and, and watch Fire Walk With Me. That was such a good time to hang out with you, Stephen. Oh, it was neat. It was neat to be in my hometown. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Oh. So um, I remember, I think the last film I may have saw at Studio 35, which is one of those one screen, you know, uh, bar type theaters, yeah. uh, was uh, The Phantom uh, with Billy Zane. Isn't that um, fun? <laughs> <laughs> and that was in the 90s. And yeah. that's probably the, that may have been the last time I had been in Studio 35. They'd done some renovations, but it was wild to like be in my hometown seeing a film that I absolutely adore. It's yeah. my favorite David Lynch film. Uh, I've watched Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, I can't even tell you how many times. Mm. And uh, and to see it on the big screen and then to hear uh, Cheryl and, and Ray just share their stories um, about their work on it, it was, what a, what a night. It was, it was truly something special. Yeah. 
And they're going on tour, it seems. I mean, it seems yeah, like, all over the place. Yeah, it seems like this. Uh, he started something big, and now it's uh, hopefully it will come closer to our neck of the woods. I would love it to be on the East Coast. I'd yeah. love to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go see it again. Uh, just yeah. one, because I love the film, but two, they were just uh, so personable and, and really great. I had a chance to meet Shirley a, a couple of years ago uh, at the Copro Gallery in Santa Monica, huh. uh, and that was for the 20th anniversary of Firewalk With Me. They did a big, large group exhibition, and they had a bunch of different artists creating works around Firewalk With Me. Well, I, when it was in April of 2012, went out there, and... Um, all of a sudden, these stars of the show started showing up. So that night, um, Sherilyn Fenn was there, Lenny wow. Von Dolan was there, wow. and then Cheryl Lee. And I could not believe it. I, I was <laughs> dumbfounded that um, and she was so gracious and so kind, and she was stopping, taking pictures with folks. Um, but it was really a, a, a neat night. It was a gallery opening. It was some in April, and then just just really cool pieces of art that uh, a variety of different artists did. Man, that's cool. cool. Lynch just opened his uh, art display in New York. Like a month ago yeah, or so? Yeah, it was a few months ago. Oh, and, God, uh, time's going by so quick. It is a few. You're right. It was last it's, year. It's last year. What year is this? I know. <laughs> Seriously. I, if we weren't so busy with book stuff, I wanted to. I, I know. would love to have gone because he, he, I mean, people were around him talking to him. So it sounds like the fans got to just hang out with them. Well, no. They they walked him through the fans. It wasn't like. People, Some people got some pictures yeah, with Yeah, him. him walking away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they weren't like, yeah, it was like a quick selfie, and then there he was. But still, to be just in the, to be in the graces of his, yes, presence, you know? I mean, just to just to reach out and touch his jacket would have been amazing. <laughs> um, so I mean, these art displays popping up everywhere, That's and cool. Lynch is cool. he seems to be uh, his uh, electricity is kind mm-hmm. of coming out. I think, and he seems to go through phases. I mean, yeah. he goes phases of like. If he's not doing his his films, he seems to be doing his artwork, and then sometimes he has his recharges gallery. himself, yeah. and then he gets back into it. Stephen, did you get a chance to get the the new box set? Oh yes. Oh wow. Uh, I, I mean, I, the first thing I, of course watched was all the behind the curtain. Right. Yes, stuff. me too. Yeah. It really just showed. I love seeing the how it's all put together. Right. You know, and 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 some of the um, just unfiltered clips and just how. It all comes together, and and the, you know, it. it I, I guess I've done video over, over the years, and, and clearly not film and so forth. But I've, I've I've seen crews and see how they work and how it all put together, and it was neat to see it from that angle. You know, where they have marks yeah. in the floor, and that's where they, you know, obviously go and stand. The steady cam work, mm. um, it's mm. all that stuff. It was uh, really neat. I'm, I'm probably going to do something about the crew at some point um, because they show so many of the crew members that really put it together. Um, I'd love to do something on the blog, just kind of putting the faces to the names you know like uh because you see these people in the end credits right but who are they like what are they doing these are very talented like award-winning like folks Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like really know their stuff i mean lynch clearly works with uh, some of the best best people out there right and i mean i was exhausted just watching lynch work i mean the guy's (laughs) in his 70s and he did this for nine months night day and he was like Building and creating and directing and writing. Sometimes, right? Yeah, because uh, Saturdays they would work Miguel on Ferreira's yeah. schedule. Yeah, so it's just to me, it's like you know that ended in 2017 for us watching it, and he's he's had this kind of break. He can do his art and now yeah. recharge himself, and yeah. hopefully he'll get back behind uh, the director's yeah. chair. Yeah, but those behind the scenes uh, video is the best, and I I think I kind of said this to you before, Brian. But like, you know, we're never gonna get audio audio commentary no. of Twin Peaks, and I don't even know if I want interviews. But to be able to just be able to see him More. work is probably the best thing we could ever ask for. Yeah. Oh, I agree. The the art life, uh, his ah, yeah. his uh, you know film was was really insightful from that too. And then obviously his book that he came out recently as, yep. as well. But just to see him in action, I mean, I like. I only long I longed to like boy I wish they would have had that for like season one and two and Firewalk mm. with me like that kind of behind the scene but of course at the time the DVD extras probably weren't <laughs> they weren't a thing yeah. on uh, you know that people put together you know uh, right. or took that extra footage uh, if only we had a time machine to go back and David might not have wanted <laughs> I mean I think he really trusts Jason S there and he trusts certain yeah. people but 
I don't know. In the past, he would he would feel comfortable with people. Yeah, because yeah. he. I don't know. The, I mean, the last episode, you, he only had uh, he allowed um, Beamer. B- a Beamer to take right. photos like that. I mean, right? Yeah, and those right. are just photographs, and they're amazing. And one day he'll make. He'll do something with it. I would them. like him to make a, a coffee book or something. I know. Yeah, yeah. That would be nice. I'd yeah. have it on my coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> and so, Stephen, tell us more about the blog because, I mean, I also – you yeah. have this, like, these posts now that you do quotable peaks. And you think, oh, it's just going to be a quote. But you go in depth. I mean, you go far above and beyond. You go into the script. You do your research. I just love uh, what really you put cool. into it. Thank you. Um, the funny thing is the quotable peaks. So the whole thing, it started with vacant peaks. So the idea that uh, the scenes without people, like all the little details and so forth. So it was like vacant peaks. And then I thought, well, what's another thing? Oh, quotable peaks. And then I, you know, I had art peaks, you know, and like something with peaks, you know, in it. Yeah. And those were actually supposed to be what I wanted to be quick stories. Like, um, and recurring series, you know, I found in, in blogging, the idea is to have like something you can keep going back to, you know, again and again, like a, a recurring kind of thing. Hmm. Um, ideally, I'd love to get to a point where I have them like on Thursdays, we have this and on Fridays, we have that. But it's just one person and there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. So, um, But, you know, I started thinking about all these great lines and just all these, I mean, these things that we've said over the years and like, who are the writers behind them? I mean, like who put these words, these things that we say, damn fine, you know, and so forth. Yeah. Who, who are those people? And and I think we obviously we, we see the actors, we know David Lynch and Mark Frost, but then, you know, have Bob Engels and uh, Harley Payton, and other scriptwriters, um, you know, Scott Frost, that, mm. you know, it, you just it's neat to see those words and who were the people that were behind them and just kind of getting into well, what was scripted and versus what was said. And then I was trying to make something that was uh, shareable that you could use on social media, mm. you know, the square photos with the quote and that kind of thing. And then just kind of give attribution or tribute or a nod to whoever wrote the original lines. It's but, such a it's such a great idea because it's like for the longest time. You know, generally, you just say Twin Peaks, David Lynch. But the great thing about season one and two, it really took a village of people right. to create this special show. And for the longest time, people still would just say, oh, it's all David Lynch. But it wasn't. And it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I loved that you uh, had Leslie Linka Gladder, you know, and you're speaking to her and just hearing her, you know, talk. I mean, uh, uh, you know women directors in the 90s yeah, yeah. our special podcast for pre-ordering the book there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that that was I, yeah i wasn't I, I really for that i really wanted to talk to her and and I'd, I'd seen the article uh from diane keaton back in the 90s and she had mentioned about how w- there's a lot more women on twin peaks than the probably other places and stuff and mm. how proud she was of that and i was like you know what i don't know if this is going to go in the book but i felt like i had to ask uh, leslie Linka gladder about like is it getting better here because like it's been yeah. 30 years and you know it's it still seems like there's not enough women directing but. correct and in and, and again she offered some of the best episodes you know she i still did. love episode oh. five i oh. think that's mm-hmm. so great good. and some of the stuff she did and Diane Keaton's episode is just, it's, it's great. I mean, the more I watch it over the years and as you, as you, as you get older, right. As we get older, yeah. we just, we appreciate things differently. We see things differently. And, um, it, these are just truly some gems, um, yeah. but you know, I mean the blog, so, I mean, ultimately I started this thing because when season three was airing, I was sharing out on Twitter a variety of different content, you know, and, mm-hmm. and some of it was location based and that kind of thing. Quite frankly, I couldn't remember some of these locations without having to go back through and look in your Twitter's like search, you know, thing. And it's not the easiest thing sometimes yeah, to find. Sure. So, like, I need to have a centralized database from this. And then realizing that in Twin Peaks was gone, hmm. uh, and it's you know, in from what it used to be, I thought, well, why not just start creating this? And so then. Yeah, just started going. So, you know, look at locations. I love the locations. I've visited many of them. Um, in that trip in September, I think I visited about 90 different spots. So wow. I still have plenty more pictures to upload. I haven't quite got there. I convinced my wife uh, to go back to Seattle for our first wedding anniversary oh. in October. This is how much she loves me, right? <laughs> uh, but the the trade-off is we got to stay at the, at the Salish Lodge. And then if you want a great oh. resort, that place is spectacular. In fact, that's all she... That's the only place she wants to stay. When we're, <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to go back uh, to Washington State here at some point. But um, 
great food, the views, everything. It's just such a, a, a wonderful uh, resort. So, but she did indulge me and in, in we did a chance to go visit a few more locations um, uh, when, when we were there in October. And then I've been out to California a couple of times to visit some of those other spots, but a lot of the locations and how I found them is Google and Bing, <laughs> their map crazy? services that they offer. Wow is the the way to do it. Uh, I, I think one of the first ones I remember really spending weeks trying to find, and mind you, I don't have like a lot of access in terms of like, well, where exactly did they film these things? Um, I know there's things that have been shared and leaked and here and there about, you know, you know, people are following them, you know, and taking notes and that kind of stuff. But, it, you know, in one of the ones I remember finding is the, is the uh, Mr. C when he flips the car in the desert. Yeah. Uh. You know, in one in uh, I, I want to say it was part three and uh, of, of season three. Sounds and right. the way I found that was in the very background, there is a sign for Ace Hardware. <laughs> it's a hardware store, right? You yeah, know, and yeah. that, I, I recognizable Ace, big red letters. Right. So I, I thought that's what it was. And so then I went and searched every ace uh looking up on google maps where the aces were and then until i found the one where it's in acton i think california a-c-t-o-n the site and then i just started using you know street view and you just travel along the path until you find the spot that looks like the spot um a lot of times mountains or trees or buildings they don't really change all that much right so it's a great reference point when you're trying to match up, you know, a scene um, with the actual location. So when I got that one, I'm like, you know, I bet I could probably do this and try to figure <laughs> some of this out. And then now it's 200 some later. I'm still writing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just wow. still so many. I, kn- I know that there's going to be sites that I have that I may never find. It's things that are gone now that like, like I never visited the the Twin Peaks High School in, you know, Mount Sai High. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I saw it being demolished in September. It brought a huge tear to my oh. eye, but I never actually got to go inside it, you know, and I, I'm never going to be able to see that. There's still places I'm trying to find like the log ladies cabin that's uh, shown as an establishing shot. Um, it's out there. Huh. And I hope that one day I'll come across it, but uh, I haven't quite figured out where that is yet. So there's it's just asked, a, it's, uh, it's an ongoing Gladder. I should like reach out to her and say, "Can you tell us where that cabin <laughs> is?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, the other the other piece too is then the the props, and so trying to find you know the replica props. I mean, I don't own any original props. I'd love mm. to, but I just, uh, I don't. Um, and so this is something that uh, Twin Peaks Archive uh, on on Twitter, brother Jerry Horn, uh, he yeah. he was, you know, uh, on his Twin Peaks prop site, you know, um, and I had contributed to some of that over the years. And I just started thinking, oh, I'm going to try to find some other ones here and there. And I think one of the first ones I, I identified, at least, and trying to find like the origin of them, it was the paintings in the double R diner that they used um, on set. And so again, it's a matter of using like Google image searches and, you know, eBay references and, Mm. you know, trying to cross reference in that. And then I wanted to give more, as you, you mentioned earlier about the whole, and I think you mentioned it in, in the preview podcast as well for the folks that pre-ordered the book. This is your version of, of Twin Peaks, right? This is yeah. your thing. This, this is my version. Yes. Twin Peaks. This, is, this is my, this is how I've viewed it. This is how I've experienced it. This is what I've done with it. And so I, I for me, I wanted to give more than just like, well, this is the painting and here it is, but hey, here's who created it. And this is where it was sold or this is how it was created or, you know, where else can you find it? Things like that. That's cool. trying to give a little more history to some things to give a, a grounding place i do it with the locations i do that with the the props where i can where i can find the history about stuff just because i hopefully it's more than just like oh that that's that i try to give more context yeah i think that's great that's great and talking about so talking about the versions that people don't know we're talking about just that like maybe brad dukes had that in his book or john thorne had it in his book and there's like similar stories and stuff like that i think what brian and i are doing is for you know for our work it's our version of it. It's right. our, it's it's all. I almost want to say it. it's new to us. It's something special to us, and that's part of our you know our work. And that's what you're saying, Stephen. And you know maybe yeah. other people have done similar stuff. Maybe, mm-hmm. but this is your version of that. I, I love that. I love the detail, though. I mean, that's so cool. If someone's like, I want it. 
you know, I don't want a red curtain because everybody's got a red curtain. But <laughs> hey, that painting is really cool, <laughs> and you give information. I mean, that's that's like uh, you go way beyond. Here's just <laughs> a photo. Too beyond sometimes, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, I could be up sometimes till one, two, three in the morning on these things, you know, because yeah. you just get lost in it, you right, know. Like right. I don't know, I I go down these rabbit holes, and uh, and I can see like I, I understand how like. David Lynch could be, you know, focused on his art, you know, and like finding ways to rejuvenate yourself and finding ways to be creative. And for me, this is very much about creation. It's about creation of, of stuff, stuff that I enjoy sharing a passion and interest of, of, of what I like, but trying to give that those details. But boy, it could be sometimes weeks, you know, I'm working on one story and I'm, mm. it takes me weeks to figure it out. Yeah. You know, this or that, 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 uh, Mr. C's car crash site that probably took three and a half weeks of wow. just going around, you know, uh, Google maps, trying to find exactly <laughs> where it was. But, you know, I, it's neat because then you start understanding how they put things together or why they pick this particular prop. I mean, like so much of it is very mid-century, very 1940s, 50s, 60s, you know, and that's, of course, the time period that I think that, that has that vibe in the show itself. Mm. Um, so a lot of the props are, you know, very similar to that. But, I mean, I've learned a lot of things along the way, too, about things like, oh, I never knew that, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, so I think it keeps my mind active and i think we need we need those outlets in life definitely oh yeah yeah Yeah, i'm looking at your blog and like the screenshots that you got i think those are great they feel like they're high res they look really nice i mean i don't know if i'm tired but i'm looking at it's like boy these are looks really sharp like you know some sites i don't know they don't like it's almost like a image of an image or it's a a, it's not a very high quality uh picture but you did a very great job with getting these screenshots Thank you. It's one of those things you um, it's the way I I break it down is by set. Uh, It's probably the easiest way to describe it. So I will look for let's say we want to look at the double R diner. Mm. I'll go through every single episode with the sound off. That's the other thing, too, of watching these things. Because when you hear sound, it, it obviously, as you're listening to this now, you, you know, you you can picture it in your head and it's it's one thing and then you start seeing something and you fill it in. And sometimes you get distracted because you're paying attention to the sound and not the visuals. But by watching it with the sound off, I, I mean, I, I just I only focus on the visuals. So you start picking up details and things like I've watched it how many times and I've never noticed that before. You know, I've never mm. seen that before. Um, it's just because it removes one of those sensory things. Yeah. Um, but it's going through then each individual episode and screen capping them and then creating folders full of uh, images of, OK, Double R Diner episode 1001, the very first, you know, episode after pilot and then mm. episode 1002 and, you know, and just going through each one. And then that way you start to build the the reference shots and then you can start comparing and contrasting, yeah. you know, a lot of different things and noticing how like, of course, the Double R uh, Diner set changes so frequently uh, throughout the things get moved around on the walls. I'm going to try to do something with that one day where like the paintings over here one day and the next day it's over there, you yeah. know, and uh, th- those, those kind of things. So, um, but yeah, it's, it takes time <laughs> you know, uh, to, to go through all of those things. There are some screen capping tools uh, that I only recently discovered. Uh, so that's, you know, Hey, nice. you're in some work uh, into this, but Hey, at least I found it now yeah. and uh, you can use those. But um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it honestly, it's like you work all day and then you come home and, and you do some other things and then it's, this is just another outlet, you know, that uh, a hobby, if you will, Definitely. that we all have. 30 years ago, people across the country were glued to their televisions by this mysterious death of Laura Palmer. And this spring, April 3rd through 5th, Twin Peaks fans can travel to Elvis Presley's Graceland and Memphis, Tennessee, for a once-in-a-lifetime fan celebration. David Lynch and Mark Frost create a mystery horror drama series that has continued to amass a cult following even after its original series final in 1991. And its impact on pop culture is never-ending. The Twin Peaks 30th official fan celebration at Graceland, an unforgettable experience featuring Twin Peaks-themed parties, screenings of fan-favorite episodes, and the chance for fans to relive their favorite show moments with some of Twin Peaks' biggest stars. And of course, there will be tons of cherry pie and damn good coffee. Tickets for the 30th anniversary celebration are still on sale, 
and fans can visit www.graceland.com forward slash Twin Peaks for more information. Speaking of sounds, I'm interested about the sounds of Twin Peaks, and I know you you did something back in October about this um, these cassettes, and it's weird on Reddit, probably around the same time or last year. I'm on Reddit. I remember seeing uh, some people got these in the wild off of eBay or what have you, and I'm like, sounds of Twin Peaks. What is, what are these cassette tapes? What are it's, these cassette tapes? <laughs> it's crazy that somebody, and, and I don't know who, and I really wish that the the cassette tape had some type of credits on it, and it doesn't. It just says how they recorded it, but they don't necessarily say who did it. Mm. And, and I want to say it's when um, my friend Joe and I went to the 96 Fan Fest. It's when we picked up these cassette tapes. Yes. And it's just a cassette tape, and it's, you know, uh, one side is sounds of um, uh, Snoqualmie Falls, um, so they, it sounds like they put a, a, a microphone or something at the bottom of the falls because you can hear the, the lapping of the water as it hits. Mm. And you can listen to that for 30 minutes. Wow. And then the other side of it is the old uh, Weyerhaeuser um, sawmill in Snoqualmie, uh, which was the Packard sawmill. And they have 30 minutes of sawing logs. And it's the strangest, most surreal thing, but uh, I've had it in my collection since the 90s and decided wow. to extract it. Um, I think I need to, re, uh, to extract it again. Some folks are saying it's only mono and not stereo, and I think I've figured out how to do that now um, using this technology stuff. Huh. And uh, But yeah, and it's the only thing I... I've ever seen of it. Um, I don't know who created it. If someone's listening and they created it, I'd love to know, <laughs> you know who that is. Because uh, it is. it is. It's, it's, and it sounds, unfortunately, like the Weyerhaeuser sawmill. I mean, it's gone. I mean, the, you don't hear those sounds when you go out to visit Dirtfish Rally School now, huh. uh, which is located out at the, at the mill site. Yeah. Um, the sounds of the logging, are, are, it's a, uh, an echo of the past, you know. So it was neat to, to find it, and I'm glad that others um, had uh, latched onto it. For me, sound was the gateway to Twin Peaks. My first David Lynch film was Wild at Heart, and I found it because my library in Columbus um, had vinyl. They used to check out vinyl uh, records. I guess they maybe they now do, too, because it's all resurgent, uh, come back. Uh, but I remember checking out the Wild at Heart soundtrack on vinyl and i listened to it and i loved the music that was great chris isaac you know oh, and yeah. and uh oh, yeah. and so i watched the film and i'm like what is this movie this is like awesome like <laughs> like it, it was so great there were so many great things about it um you mentioned elvis obviously you know yeah. and uh sailor in his snakeskin jacket singing elvis is mm. just uh is is great so then i remember getting the Twin Peaks soundtrack because I like some of the instrumentals that were done by Angelo Battlementi. And I thought, well, this is also cool. This is some of his other work. And I remember listening to the vinyl before I ever saw the pilot episode. And um, I didn't watch the pilot probably till October of 93 and got it on VHS because that's the only thing that existed at the mm. library at the time. But yeah, sound was a gateway to, to the world. So over the years, um, it has been a labor of love trying to get all the sounds, you know, the music and the, everything. And then when that Twin Peaks archive sound collection was released several years ago, um, thanks to the help of Dean Hurley, yeah. I, that just blew me away. I never thought we'd have, you know, all these unreleased tracks, all these different yeah. things that really have made up such a soundtrack to my life. Mm. Um, so it was neat. It seemed to be able to contribute something out in the community that, you know, maybe folks uh, hadn't heard before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so cool. And, you know, it's such an interesting thing to record and sell and make some money off of uh, for Twin Peaks-related stuff at the time. It's something I would for, never think to do. I don't even know. What do they, I can't even think what they call that now, but the idea of, like, just sounds. Well, now, now you can just put on, like, the sounds of... Uh, uh, no, nighttime the, yeah, sounds there, of a river right oh there's some people that are out rain there that, 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 yeah there's some people that like asmr quiet yes yes that's it. yeah that's exactly right. you know, i remember so this you know this goes back to uh again 
the 80s in the whole uh, New Age movement and yeah. the New Age music of the 80s and so forth. And really even goes back further to the 70s and Brian Eno and some of his work with yeah. Ambience and, and um, Robert Fripp and some other artists. Um, I've really fell in love with that music in the mid, mid 80s. And I remember there was also um, sound albums uh, called Environments. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, an, there's an app out there you can download with some of the original recordings. And these go back, I think, maybe even to late 60s, early 70s. Um, and they were like 30 minutes of the ocean waves mm-hmm. or 30 minutes of crickets in New Hampshire or something. And uh, and the app now, you can listen to these things here. So there was there is some movement or some folks out there that were doing some of these things. But, yeah, it's, it's like wild that someone decided, hey, uh, let's go record the sounds of the falls and – and the sawmill, yeah. <laughs> you know, make a cassette tape out of right. this and, 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 and carry it. Of course, a lot of these th- items were carried at the Alpine Blossom, which was a gift store in North Bend, Washington. And uh, they carried all those original T-shirts, you know, from the early days. Uh, it was just like, it was a Hallmark store, you know, like a gift, you know, shop mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they really expanded their Twin Peaks collection once the, the series really took off and folks were going to visit the real Twin Peaks mm-hmm. um, from the early days of the, the merchandising. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we're just... Uh, a part of that, I guess, and trying to find unique ways to capitalize off the real Twin Peaks. If you- yeah. It, you bought a pin that says, how's Annie? But you also got photographed with with our man, Don Davis. Yes. Which is Major absolutely Briggs. fantastic. Don Davis, that the presence you see on the screen was the presence I felt. Like, oh. you know, that, that one scene with um, Bobby at the diner yeah. when he's telling him the vision. Bobby. May I share something with you? Okay. A vision I had in my sleep last night, as distinguished from a dream, which is mere sorting and cataloging of the day's events by the subconscious. This was a vision, fresh and clear as a mountain stream, the mind revealing itself to itself. In my vision, I was on the veranda of a vast estate, palazzo of some fantastic proportion. There seemed to emanate from it a light from within this gleaming, radiant marble. I had known this place. I had, in fact, been born and raised there. This was my first return, a reunion with the deepest wellsprings of my being. Wandering about, I noticed happily that the house had been immaculately maintained. There had been added a number of additional rooms, but in a way that blended so seamlessly with the original construction, one would never detect any difference. Returning to the house's grand foyer, there came a knock at the door. My son was standing there. He was happy and carefree. Clearly living a life of deep harmony and joy. We embraced a warm and loving embrace. Nothing was held. We were in this moment one. My vision ended. I awoke with a tremendous feeling of optimism and confidence in you and your future. That was my vision of you. I'm so glad to have had this opportunity to share it with you. I wish you nothing but the very best in all things. Thank you, Dad. Oh, man, that's like one of my favorite scenes. So we were at the Twin Peaks Fan Fest. They had the celebrity dinner at the Cayenne Lodge. And I remember they had, you know, the celebs sitting at the front table and so forth. But then after dinner, went over to get dessert and coffee. And Don Davis came over and I introduced myself, said hello. And he just, we talked about, you know, I'm from Ohio. And he's like, oh, I visited, you know, your state. And, his, and just, I don't know, the words, his, his the warmth of his voice and mm. such. And then uh, the picture I, I got with, with him was on the last day. Uh, we had a, a picnic, uh, kind of a gathering which I have video. I finally converted some of the video from that to DVD, which I'll hopefully upload to YouTube here. But I have like probably four or five minutes of Russ Tamblin playing piano, just 
playing piano, just like playing songs, you wow. know, uh, the entire time. Um, it, but yeah, Don uh, was there and um, it was just, he was very, again, very kind, very gracious and to, to pose with fans. And uh, it's something I will always cherish. The only time I ever met him uh, mm. was that, that particular event. Catherine Coulson wasn't able to be at the event, but she left a recorded message for everybody. And we talked to, Oh, uh, Mike, the one our man, Al Struble, uh, on the phone at Kiana Lodge. We called him and I have video of that, too, when we actually <laughs> called him and he was talking. And, and, and uh, such. That, that first trip, I mean, I was 20, almost 21. And that was, you know, so early. You have to also understand in uh, in I, I mean, I was such a fan of the show that in 1994, uh, I decided to hold a 29 and a half hour marathon um, <laughs> in my wow. parents' basement because wow. I was, you know, in high school, then going off to college and such. So I ended up doing that for four years where we would uh, get together and we'd start the show at noon on Saturday and then go until ending with the movie at five 30 on Sunday. And, um, back to back, you know, all through the wow. night. And the goal was to stay up for 29 and a half hours, which we did, you know, yeah. um, dress up costume contests, the whole, you know, whole nine yards. So to go out there in 96 during the heyday of that and back when again, the only thing we really had were VHS tapes and episodes on Bravo TV. It was just a, a really neat experience to be a part of some of that original 1990s crew that, that yeah. loved the show. That was awesome. Isn't that something? We have to thank you, too. You did an amazing, around the holidays, the ultimate Twin Peaks gift guide for 2019. And we were, we were on there. Our book is on there. And our friends. And, and our friends. <laughs> but I was like, it was. It, I, I was very touched that you put the book out. The book is not even, it wasn't even out. And you're you're promoting it. And you're saying that's a great gift. And, and thank know. you, Stephen. That was yeah. really nice of you. Well, here's the thing. We're all in this together. And yeah. there's a group of us uh, out there that w- when I write articles for Twin Peaks blog, I think of you guys. I think of Brad Dukes. I think of Travis. You know, I think mm-hmm. of Brother Jerry from Twin Peaks Archive. You know, Peter from Welcome to Twin Peaks. All the, the group of us that yeah. have like lived and breathed this over the years. And, and you're really quite frank. I probably write for 15 people, you yeah. know, and I just think of, hey, these are my friends. These are people. And the, the amount of effort and, and time that you put into um, writing a book and putting that together and let alone just the work that you've done on, on the podcast over the years, mm. um, the least I can do is something like that. And, and I hope people do buy the book, tell others about the book, because again, as you said, it's, it's a great testimonial to a moment in time and these stories that you're capturing, these, these mm. sounds that you're capturing for future generations, you know, yeah. long after, uh, us, the Bookhouse boys here are long gone. Yeah. Uh, it is something unique and it's a unique piece of pop culture. It's a unique piece of just a great community. You know, we, we talk a lot about fan communities out there and, and I truly believe that the Twin Peaks one is, is one of the best. And, and the reason being is just great people. I don't right. know. There's something about, we can have dialogue, we can be objective, we can have opinions, but they're still very welcoming, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So true. I've experienced that every event I've gone to, I mean, you're going to have people that maybe, you know, are the bad apples here and there, but that every, but for the most part, everybody that I've interacted with online, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, just really great people, creative, inspiring, Mm -hmm. and just really have a great sense of of place. And maybe that's like the town, you know, it's Mm, that Twin Peaks is different. Twin Peaks Peaks is special. We're a whole damn town. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's so true. Like, uh, when we started this, you know, the first interview we did was with Brad Dukes. He was very uh, welcoming and warm to us, and it was uh, it was awesome to have him on our show. And then we met Scott Ryan, and he and was Joe the same Bacco. way, and Joe Bacco. And then, you know, these are have become uh, friends. friends and, yeah. you know, uh, wonderful people. As you are, Stephen, you are our friend, and it's so wonderful yeah. to... To be able to Thank hang you. out with you in person, but also through uh, social media. But yeah, um, to, when we were doing the podcast, you know, uh, Spark One Twenty One, we were talking to those guys when we did a, a crossover episode. We were on theirs, they were on ours, or whatever, and they had mentioned to us how the Twin Peaks community they do other podcasts based on other TV shows, and. They don't talk to anybody. You know, they they, they mentioned how they, they do one, they did Ash vs. Evil Dead, 
And mm-hmm. that was, they're like an island. They did it. Nobody real, nobody else talks to them. They do another podcast. Nobody, but Twin Peaks was very different. There, it wasn't like we're in competition with each, each other. Right. We were all in this together. And I think that's such a great attitude. And uh, it's refreshing because other fan bases, there's bickering. You don't really oh, yeah. have a, a <laughs> sense of community. And with Twin yeah. Peaks, since we got in this, even through season th- three, and now we're out of season three, it's still the tight knit community, and people are really welcoming to others and uh, uh, thoughtful and respectful. And it's it is crazy to yeah. think I could yeah. say that in 2020 about fandom for Twin Peaks, but it's so true. There's like yeah. it is it's a it's very amazing. I it think is something else. Yeah. There is a kindness that I've felt in the community and just a, a very much a w- willingness to share and to give. And, and for me, like, well, the blog is that outlet for me to share my passion with others. Right. You know, and to be able to do that. Scott and what he's done with uh, Blue Rose magazine, you know, and um, I mean, the fact that he called me on my birthday while Aww. I was in the Lolly State Park <laughs> and we talked for 45 minutes while I'm looking at the Deer Meadow Sheriff Station, you know, the Aww. Park Rangers house. And we talked for 45 minutes about Twin Peaks and just a variety of other things. Support. It was very kind of him to do that, but that that kind of kindness. Jill uh, Watson, who lives out in in uh, the Snoqualmie Valley, took me, you know, on a hike through Al Lali State Park. And again, I'd never met her in person, yeah. But she took the time to show me sights and to introduce me to a variety of different things. And it just, it's that kind of um, kindness that mm. um, goes a long way in the world, and yeah. particularly in today's world, I, I think. We need more of it. And yeah. And I, I, I think that's why I love the community. Yeah. Jill gets a gold star because <laughs> she was our tour guide. Uh, we we somehow missed communication on the bus tours. So when we were at the festival, at the festival and we missed our bus tour. So it was kind of a bummer because Brad Dukes was going to be the guy giving us the tour. Mm. So yeah, I was really looking forward to that. And I screwed up and thought, oh, they'll do the bus will come back and we'll yeah, do it again we, later. You know what? <laughs> we messed up. Things happen. And uh, Jill and one of the cast members. Can I really say real quick? I was so depressed. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, at the table. And oh, like, that uh, was in tears. I, 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 was, <laughs> I wasn't literally in tears, but I was, I was Emotional. so bummed. I, yeah. you know, 25 years waited to go to this festival. Right. And we I missed, missed the tour bus. I missed the tour bus. <laughs> so this, uh, one of the, uh, the cast members from season three who was there, he knew about stuff, but Jill was just like, hop in your car, follow me, and I will take you on my tour. And we went to the falls. We went to the hotel. We went to all the places. And the tour bus, they were like right behind us. We we would show up at the same place. And Jill was absolutely fantastic. We didn't even know her. And she just like, hey, I'll take you. And we did it. It was Aww. great. It yeah. was so special. That, that, that is one thing going back. So, again, 23 years it took me to get back to North Bend, Snoqualmie area. And that kindness, uh, I just I can't describe it. The graciousness of people. We all we met up at uh, Volition Brewing, um, which is a new uh, brewery right down in North Bend. It's the, the film location of the exterior for uh, Run Silent, Run Drapes, Nadine's shop. Oh, oh. great yes. brewery. If you want some great craft brew, that's the place. And we just sat around for hours talking. And these are people, again, I've only met online, mm-hmm. um, never met in person, but very much like the Studio 35 experience when we were in Columbus or at the Festival of Disruption uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, again, people just chatting and just getting uh, to share and bond and, and so forth over a show uh, that, we, that we truly love. But I think it's more just, again, great people. And right. uh, yeah, Jill, yeah. Jill did a, <laughs> she was really very kind uh, with all of that. But that that's, again, that's why I do a lot of what I do um, is for those that, you know, had that same sense of thrill that I had going to In Twin Peaks and listening to your podcast and watching the show for the first time or just, you know, I, I try to capture that same level of enthusiasm or excitement um, because I know others out there probably feel that way, too. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not alone. And again, like you said, in, in this day when there's toxic fandom and it's sad, mm-hmm. you know, sure. that um, that there are some fandoms that are like that. This is a place. And don't get me wrong. I know the people that don't like season three and they don't like right. Firewalkers. And they don't like, you know, James <laughs> yeah. and Evelyn's arc, <laughs> you know, you know, I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those. It, I get it. But, you know, I don't love them less. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. I welcome their uh, uh, their views. I welcome their opinions. And um, and I can appreciate who they are because I think that's that's important. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Is there anything that you're working on that you can share with us that you're working on for the blog, Stephen? Oh gosh, uh, it is an <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. Uh, yeah. It is. I, I feel like uh, what is it? Uh, Doctor Jacoby said something like, "My my own investigation will never be complete." Oh, is yes. what I feel like. You know, yes. um, there are holy grails out there that boy, I'd love to find. There, um, the origins of the painting of the angel that disappears oh, in Laura's yeah, room. Yeah. I came close. We think it's a holy card. Huh. Um, I found it on some German Flickr uh, album of under holy cards buried, you know, and I reached out to the guy in Germany and I like, used Google Translate to like oh my God. write my, my email to him. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't have any other information about it. I'm like, oh, I want to know who created it, yeah. you know? Huh. I mean, there's wow. certainly that's, that's an ongoing thing that again, I may never find, but um, I'm still slogging through just some of the location f- photos that I took back last fall. Um, I, by the time this airs, I'll have visited um, uh, Seattle again. I, I did not make it out to Cayenne Lodge. Uh, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff for the 30th you know, anniversary, trying to pull together some of the pilot stuff. I've been going through scene mm. by scene and looking at the pilot episode and trying to find all those particular locations. Um, so I'll be you know, doing that. There's some other places like I, I'm, I need to go back and revisit the spot where the Red Lion Inn uh, was uh, in uh, Bellevue, Washington. It's listed in the credits. Um, I found out that unfortunately it was paved over by a new highway. Uh, oh. But you know, I found some old historical photos. So little things like that that I'm working on, um, and then still, you know, going through just scene by scene, trying to make a really complete location guide for those folks out there that you know love it as much as I do. Hopefully they can find this guide useful. You know, if you're going to visit these places, just, I, you know, if folks listening, like, you know, just remember some of them are private property and, you know, they don't trespassing and all that other kind of stuff and, and take only pictures, leave only footprints, you know, stuff right. like that. But, uh, but again, there's a, there's, you know, that, that's probably the, the things I'll just continue working. And I'm just continuing to get through it. Eventually, I'll be done with all categorizing the vacant peaks and all the scenes that don't have people in them. And I'll maybe one day, you know, get all the locations as much as I can. But yeah, that's what I'm working on now. That's Very great. Cool. I mean, it's great. You know, you go on a road trip, you live in that area and you want yeah. to see these spots. Your webpage, your blog is a great resource. If I lived on that side, I would be using your webpage to check out all these places like all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I want to redo some of it. I do want to um, make it a little bit easier to just find the spots, you know, like, for example, trying to create a page with just like the Google coordinates, you know, the, oh, the yeah. you know, longitude, latitude, just kind of a listing of all those. That's probably something I'm going to work on in the next year as well. I still love to do more video. I do have some video from the previous trip. I hope to get some more when I go back out. Just, you know, trying to do some atmospheric type stuff, you know, almost yep. like the sounds of Twin Peaks, you know, and just trying to immerse. Um, I'd love to recreate the visual soundtrack that was released in the early 90s in the Japanese market. And um, they used, you know, scenes from the real Twin Peaks is a great you know, reference because there's some spots like the train car that are mm. gone, you know, um, mm. the old, you know, warehouser mill office, which is now Dirtfish Rally School. Um, that looks all original and different, you know, uh, yeah. now. So I'd love to recreate that at some point. But, you know, that's going to take lots of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Sounds like you have plenty of things to work on. Though. That's awesome. I, you know, that's the thing. I have not showed my uh, 14 year old son Twin Peaks yet. Yes. Um, he, he wants to watch it. And I said, well, we can watch it, but you're going to have to carry on my work after I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a pack. It's like, it's, yeah. He's not going to do that, I think. Uh, uh, passion, but but he's excited. He wants to watch it. And I said, yeah. "Well, someday we're going to watch it someday." Yeah, yeah. I have a, yeah, I have a twelve-year-old son, and he would like to watch it. And I, I'm the same way. It's like someday, and I'm like, when is it appropriate? Like, so yeah, I yeah, when is it? Yeah, I, was, I don't know. Like, I was the right age when you know? I saw it originally, and I still was like, "Is fifteen a good age?" I don't know. It wasn't ABC though. Yeah. yeah, but then you get to the point. It's like, okay, if I if I let him get through the the first and second season, then you stop. When and you do learn. I? Yeah, when is he allowed to watch Firewalk? You mature. Eighteen. Twenty-one. He has to wait. Then he has to wait twenty-five years, like all of us did, right? Yes. Before he can see season three. So. <laughs> yeah. Then you watch season three when he hits thirty oh, or whatever. Um, man. Yeah, that's a good question. 
Well, yeah, no. It's cool. It's cool that if they have any interest in what we do, it's 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 nice. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, it, it really was uh, for my friend Joe Neff. He runs a uh, science fiction and horror movie marathon in Columbus, Ohio. It's twenty four hour movie marathon. We love this twenty four wow. hour thing. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's usually in spring and fall. It's um, it's been going on for years. Uh, but he and I really bonded over this, and and it really was almost a gateway into other directors than Kubrick, you know, and all of Kubrick's work, and really just analyzed uh, a lot of his films it just it really became a great bonding uh, uh, a tool to share you know yeah. and stuff and, it, and but again we were you know in high school and getting into college and just really so I, i'm hopeful that you know my son he's you know he's interested in in, in films and some classic films and and and, and try to expose them that because again i think it's it's great to it's a great art form to share and a great form yeah, art form to understand definitely. yep and great thing about Lynch, he has movies you can show uh, younger kids. Yeah, I mean, not straight not, story. Straight story. Then you can get into Elephant, Elephant Man. Right. Um, and it really shows, you know, about compassion, about people that might be different. And, I mean, Elephant Man brings me to tears every time I watch it. It's such an amazing film. And the straight story is so great, oh, too. That is that – I watch that every fall. It's yeah. a tradition for me to watch it usually sometime after my birthday into October. That is actually one place I do want to go and find all the film locations. I found a couple on Google Maps uh, oh, wow. of where they shot the actual uh, place. That film, the, the music, yeah. the visuals – the fact that it's a Disney film, <laughs> the fact that, I mean, it was Richard Farnsworth's last performance. I mean, there's just so many things about it that I, if it wasn't for Firewalk with me, that'd probably be my favorite film. There's just right. something special about that film. Yeah. And if people haven't seen it, they should really find a way to check it out because it is, it's a really, wow, it's an impactful film for me. Right. And, yeah. and that soundtrack, you listen to no. that and you go, this is Angelo Badamente. Oh, he yeah. is absolutely amazing. You close your eyes. If someone told you uh, this is a soundtrack, I'm not going to tell you who it was. I would not think it was him. No, no it's not at so all. You know, different. I, I, the, the, there's so much heart, I think, in that story mm. and in that soundtrack, and just how it was all, how it all came to be. Right. Um, it is, it is a fantastic film and, and something again I, I it's every fall they know it's a tradition for me to, to, to put it in and, <laughs> and, and awesome. watch the watch the film it did almost win our uh david lynch madness you I know. know it was I, very close yeah. of winning it was, it was my fault i could i could have <laughs> tipped the, the scale and i could have said it and it would have changed everything changed but, uh, history as we know it more people will be watching and listening and watching it yeah, yeah. i think no. uh the straight story spiked in digital that day i will yeah. say that yeah, that, that is it <laughs> There are people that have uh, contacted us and said, boy, I've never seen The Street Story. And after yes. that podcast, I checked it out and stuff. So This is true. Yes. And is that, I don't think it's available on Blu-ray yet, too. I'm always no, like wanting mm. I'm always wanting more of Lynch's work to be on the best quality. Yeah. I watch it on Amazon. That deserves a 4K transfer, yes. an 8K yeah. transfer. Yes. I mean, oh, some of those of stunning visuals. Yeah. I mean, and it reminds me of, of Ohio. So I went to school in the middle of a cornfield. So mm. driving um, on the back roads of northwestern Ohio to get up to school, um, a lot of memories, you know, uh, with the, the rows of corn and, mm. and, and the farm equipment and everything. And just some of those visuals. But the pace of it. Um, the performances, the things that are not said, um, yeah. just the, the long shots of yes. in, in, you can barely hear what they're saying. Mm. Um, and just, I don't know, there's something about it that is, it is a masterpiece and yeah. I, I can't speak highly enough about it. So if, again, people haven't checked it out. They really should. Yeah. And th those drone shots of the overhead, huh. you never see Lynch do that. It's like you're like, I don't think I've ever seen a Lynch. Usually Lynch shots are like in looking at a road, you know, <laughs> oh, in the yeah. dark. This is beautiful, sunny cornfields. You're high above everything. Oh. And you're just like, wow, this is different, David Lynch. Yep. This is an open world, David Lynch. So it's so weird, but you love it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a charming movie. Yes. But I guess, uh, shall we wrap things up? Yeah, uh, Stephen, is there anything else you want to share with us, what you, you've been working on, about Twin Peaks, about your blog, or anything else before we go? Well, I just, I want to say thank you. And I want to thank you so much for just the work you've done over the past several years. 
um, the stories that you've told, they just, they really are important. And especially um, in this community, um, you really are such a, a, a pillar of, of success. And, and I can't thank you enough for, for the work that you've done. And I, and again, I can't wait for the book. I can't wait to, to check out the book. Cause again, it, like, it's going to be nice to like, I think you've said to have something tangible yeah. to, to, to hold it in your hands. Words are great. I love audio. I love listening and so forth, but to physically have something, you know, and, and to reference it. And I'm sure that it will come in handy as I continue to do uh, research and, and, you know, and everything else into this, uh, yeah. uh, wonderful and strange show um oh, yeah. again i invite folks i mean if you haven't checked out twinpeaksblog.com um please feel free to, and, and feel free to connect on social media i love connecting with with people i love the interaction that it creates it's uh you know we're such a big world with billions of people but it just feels like a small intimate setting with a lot of great folks out there and 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 uh i, I love to connect and and uh and chat and Stephen, uh, how can people uh, follow you on? Uh, I, I follow you on Twitter, but how? Yeah, how can people yeah. follow you? The, the easiest way is uh, to look up Sam Housit. That's S A M H O W Z I T. Sam is my initials. Stephen Andrew Miller. So yeah, and then Housit's uh, like Housit. You know, it's a uh, uh, slang uh, for like Aloha in Hawaii. Ah, uh, when nice. I set up Twitter years ago, I had just got back from Hawaii, so I was definitely um, I had the Aloha spirit in my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I set up Sam Housit and. It just kind of stuck, and that's for Instagram, that's for Facebook, that's for Twitter. It's uh, it just has kind of been my uh, because there's like I said, there's a guy, there's even a guy who has a band named Steve Miller, and yeah, so, yes. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and since that you know is a thing, then I, I guess I had to differentiate myself somehow. But but again, um, none of those links are available also on, on Twin Peaks blog someplace on one of the things there. But it, but again, um. Yeah, love love to connect with you. Love to 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 say hi and and to hear. And the other thing too is this is a this is a community effort for me. So I know we're talking about some of the quotes and some of the you know and that kind of thing. If people have insight that I'm missing, I'm just one person, and you know I look at it like I'm happy to to add and to give a shout out to whoever comes up with a better solution or a, a thing I didn't notice or maybe I you know misquoted something or this and that. Um, I'm, I make mistakes. I'm just like everybody else. And, yep. and I really see this as a, as a, as a community, as a, as mm -hmm. a whole damn town. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I hope that the, the, the blog is a, is a, is a great way for, for people to, to feel that sense of community. Yes. Yeah. We love it. I'm so glad you're doing that. And, yeah. and uh, I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank yes. you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. And we did mention the preview podcast. If you like to pre-order, uh, bluerosemag.com. If you pre-order the book now, you'll get that podcast. Pre-orders are still open. They will be closing at some point, and the book will go to print and will be coming out in April. And then you can still buy it afterwards. But the yeah. pre-orders do help us with the cost of printing. So we thank you for everybody who has and everybody who will, potentially, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, Twin Peaks Unwrapped, like us on Facebook. If you have a comment, question, or theory about today's show, TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Five-star review on iTunes would be awesome. Subscribe on iTunes. We're also on Spotify, Google Play. So we'll be back next week with uh, another brand new podcast. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman. Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is alright I close my eyes Then I drift away Into the magic night I softly say a silent prayer like dreamers do. Then I fall asleep to dream my dreams of you. In dreams, I walk with you.
That you said 